fight song ever get old it signifies so many different things a win for the panthers a score for the panthers or lately it also means the latest episode of climax the podcast love letter to a small town my name's kevin harvey proud 1998 cs graduate and your host for this podcast and I was really happy. Last week, actually, by the time this drops, about two weeks ago, I was lucky enough to be in town for a few days. Usually my trips home are what I call 36 hours and out. I'm usually in for a holiday, eat a meal, exchange some gifts, and then get back to Chicago. But I was able to take my time. I got a number of podcast interviews in that you'll actually be seeing over the next few weeks drop on the feed. I got to see quite a few folks, not just my interviewees, but I got to actually go up to the Blacklight Volleyball that was at CS Junior Senior High School. And not only was it amazing to see CS High in its current form, thanks for the tour, by the way, Angela Bowman Gilbert, I got to see so many people, some I've known forever, like Jeff and Mary Longman, their oldest daughter, Jackie. I saw a lot of new people that I've never met before, but what I was really just taken aback by in a very good way, a lot of people I've never met before when I would either introduce myself or Jackie would say, hey, this is Kevin, the response was, oh, you're the guy that does the podcast. I just thought that was the coolest because people who've never met me apparently are still taking in this show. Hopefully they're learning a lot about the love and the history within the Climax Scots community. I always say thank you, but I can't say it enough. Thank you to all of you for listening and sharing this podcast, however that's happening. Our last episode, episode four, the Neva Vosberg story. A lot of folks from all over the U.S. and even a few other countries have learned the story, the history of the Vosberg family, which is rich. And honestly, even in that... 45, 50 minutes, whatever it was with Neva telling her story, there's just so much more that can still be unpacked and will be over time on the Vosberg family. Now, episodes like the Neva Vosberg story would not be possible without the work that has been done over many years from Prairie Historical Society. PHS documents history of the Climax and Scott's communities, and they've done a great job, and they have archives of all kinds, well beyond even the audio that I've been sharing with you through Climax the Podcast. If you want to know even more about the histories of Climax and Scots, one great way to do that is being a supporter, being a member of Prairie Historical Society. They've got newsletters, they've got all kinds of things that they can do to educate you about Climax or even dig into your personal family history or things that you just want to know about people in the town or the town itself. Annual membership is inexpensive, and it really helps out PHS keep doing the great work that they're doing. It's $15 per year, $15 a year, and you can send your payment to Prairie Historical Society, 107 North Main Street, P.O. Box 82, Climax, Michigan, 49034. And that seems like a great segue into the business up front. If you listen to this show, you know we try to get all of our business done up front and over with so that we can get right to the show. One thing that just got easier is how to find this show. I'm not sad that I don't have to spell out phonetically the <laughs> link tree link anymore or anything like that. Now you can just tell all your friends, go to ClimaxThePodcast.com. 
That website goes right to the same thing. It's all the same links, all the same buttons. ClimaxThePodcast.com. Another thing that's really cool there, and I think this is going to help a lot of less tech-savvy people, a lot of maybe the senior citizens around town who, bless their hearts, technology just is not their thing. Anyone can go to ClimaxThePodcast.com. They can do that in their web browser, on their phones, their tablets, whatever device connected to the internet. And there's a big button that says, listen to Climax the Podcast, and then in all caps, right here, click this button. If they click that button, it will then give them a play button, and there's not going to be any password required or an, an email address or a username or anything like that. Trying to make this easy so it's not one more username and password everyone has to remember. But for those who are a little more tech savvy, the kids today... You can still get Climax the Podcast on all major podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, everything. There's all in all, there's like 30 or 35 ways you can listen to this show. And at ClimaxThePodcast.com, you will see the support button. This show is free to listen to, but it's not a free show to produce. As always, no guilt trip. If you're able to, if you want to drop a couple of bucks to help keep the show going, if you're enjoying what we're doing... The buttons are there. Use them if you're in a position to help. If not, the show's still going to keep coming out, and it's still going to be free. And we've got to show love to our first official sponsor, Kristen Wikoski with State Farm. Kristen's office is just off the intersection of Columbia and 20th Street, right across the street from Ollie's and behind Chicago Title. If you, your family members, or any of your loved ones have insurance needs, give my old pal Kristen a call, 269 968 5130. Any insurance needs you might have business insurance, life insurance, condo insurance, renter's insurance, homeowner's insurance, auto insurance. Give Kristen a call or visit her website today at callkristen.com. That's K R I S T I N, callkristen.com. And now I want to give a little time to my old pal, Dan Zook. I had some information of something Dan's got coming up sent to me from his son, Nick. And I'm just going to go ahead and read the letter, and if you want to and are able to support this cause from Dan, the information's coming at you right now. Hello, my name is Dan Zook. I am a 69-year-old adventurer residing in Leesburg, Florida. Being faithful in obscurity, I am dedicated and loyal to my pursuits. My heart has been deeply touched by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation and what it does for our fallen brothers, sisters, and families all heroes. My pursuit is to traverse the perimeter borders of the continental United States on an e-bike. My daily travels will be performed solo and unsupported. My goal each day along this 12,500-mile journey is to travel from fire station to fire station where I can campaign for donations on behalf of the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. I will start April 1st, 2023 from Cape Canaveral, Florida, north to Maine, cross Maine to the Pacific Northwest Rim, down to San Diego, San Diego to Key West, to finish back at Cape Canaveral, Florida approximately eight to nine months later. My pace will be at least 50 miles or more a day. My daily stops at local fire stations will be in honor of Stephen Siller and those who sacrificed their lives for our freedom. This journey, while daunting, is being done to raise as much money as possible for Tunnel to Towers. My trek will allow me to seek total trip, penny per mile, monthly or one-time pledges. 100% of the monies raised will go directly to Tunnel to Towers from my behalf. Tunnel to Towers honors the sacrifices of those who protect us by providing mortgage-free homes to fallen first responders and military families. To understand and learn more, please go to t2t.org. That's the number 2, t2t.org. 
At this point, I would like to thank Steve Wurzel and Todd Simmons, Carlton Equipment Company, Ryan Wurzel, and Kubota Kings in the greater Kalamazoo area for sponsoring my e-bike and accessories. Dave Reynolds of Lifecycle Kalamazoo for e-bike technical support, Bill Wurzel, Battle Creek Rental, Battle Creek, Michigan, audio and video support, Dan B. from D&B Landscaping, Livonia, Michigan, incidental support, thank you for believing in me. And thank you, listeners, for taking that moment to listen to that little update of a great cause from Dan. And one last little plug, Climax the Podcast will have a live show the day before Memorial Day and Founders Day. It's going to be Sunday, May 28th, 5.30 p.m. at Climax Scott's Junior Senior High School in the Cafetorium. We're calling this Climax Tonight, and actually in this episode, you might get one little hint about something that's coming with Climax Tonight. More information is going to come on that with time. We're still a few months out, but mark the date on your calendars. If you're in town, come on out for a good time. And speaking of Memorial Day and Founders Day, that's pretty much what this podcast is all about. Memorial Day and Founders Day is always a great time for the Climax Scots community, for those still in it, and a lot of people come from far and wide back to the Climax Scots community. And we're going to talk quite a bit this week about the evolution of Founders Day, and how it's kind of not only come back, but it's come back bigger than ever before. And I think the best way that we can tell you more about some of the history of Founders Day and what's happened and what's coming up is to turn it over to this week's interview. Without further ado, here is Season 1, Episode 5, A Meeting in the Middle with Julie Tiller. Well, welcome everyone to another edition of Climax the Podcast, an episode we're calling A Meeting in the Middle. And my guest today is, I I guess I would call her the godmother of Meet Me in the Middle, (laughs) a name known to many in Climax, to some Julie Langs, to some Julie Tiller, but currently, Julie Tiller, thank you for joining me on Climax the Podcast. Thanks for asking me. I appreciate it. And I feel like there's so many places we could start. But I have one question I want to ask you. I've had this theory for probably 25 to 30 years. Oh, my Lord, I'm old. <laughs> Are you actually made physically ill by the smell of spare time? Because I don't think you have ever had any of it in the entire time I have known you to exist. No, I don't think I've ever had any spare time. And if I do, I want to fill it up as quick as possible. Even when I think back to my youth, when I maybe didn't have the adult worldly understanding of all the things that various parents in the community do when I look back because my memory is pretty good and I think in an average high school day in the late 90s I could see okay Julie's in the lunchroom maybe cooking maybe being a you know monitor mm-hmm. yep she'd probably be in the office for something or other sure and then I would find out oh she's doing a fundraiser of some kind at the Sinclair's lot that afternoon and then we'd be doing a bus to a game of some kind that night and you're driving the bus and I'm like when I look back, I go, how was Julie everywhere <laughs> all the time? Well, and you got to remember, too, I even did janitorial. That's and, right. You know, and I got to announce games, which was lots of fun. I actually got to announce football games, which wasn't normal for a mom to do. Um, and I remember going to Covert and hearing the guy talk about how they were leaving the dirty laundry on the field because it was so muddy. So oh, I used geez. that same kind of saying back in Climax, you know, a couple of weeks later and nobody got it because <laughs> we weren't muddy at that point. But it made sense to me. 
Well, now, looking at a lot of people may be more familiar with some more modern accomplishments, and believe me, we're about to dive, dive into those. In fact, you and I are kind of joined at the hip for some of those things this yes. year. Uh, but you are a lifetime Climax resident, right? I actually moved here in fifth grade. Okay. I had Mr. Black. Okay, gotcha. Because you are part of the Langs dynasty I am. in Climax. So yep. the whole family moved uh, that same year then? Yes, we did. Okay, gotcha. Yep. And my mom and dad both graduated from Climax. And so I have aunts and uncles that have graduated from Climax. And so my dad actually would have been in the second one because he has an older sister. And uh, mom moved here her senior year. And then, of course, all her siblings were younger. So then they all graduated from Climax. Now, where was the first part of education? Where was that, like, K through 5? Uh, fifth grade at the uh, Scotts Elementary, because at that time, Climax and Scotts were two different schools. Ah, uh, gotcha. And we joined together in junior high. Got so so um, you're still a lifetime CSer. Yes. Just pre-merger. Yep. And actually, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about when you're saying that, too, is it probably was sixth grade with Mr. Black, because I think we went through sixth grade at the elementary, so it would have been sixth grade with Mr. Black. Got it. And I had Jim Black for yep. fifth grade. And he's now my neighbor. Is he? Yeah, he lives right down the road. I may have to come knock on the door and completely have him go, what are you selling? <laughs> no, he'd probably look at your hair and go, where did it go? Yeah, he's like, you you look like a balder, chubbier version of a kid I once knew many years ago. Many moons ago. Oh, I would love to see him. Well, we'll put a pin in that one for later. All right. Um, so, yep, so you had Mr. Black. I did. Then who, let's go through some of those... Uh, the Tales of Time of CS Education. Right. We had Mrs. Kramer, okay. and we had Mr. Wilson. We had Dale Smith that you probably had. Mm -hmm. um, Dale's claim to fame would have been, how many Orioles can I stuff in my mouth? And that was in the day and age when we didn't have double-stuffed Orioles. Aha. Uh -huh. But the Orioles were double-stuffed. Yeah. You know? And I had Mrs. Pierce, uh, my mentor, and she was amazing. I had Mom Jay. Uh, we didn't know her as Mrs. Joslin. I don't think anybody called her Mrs. Joslin. It was always Mom J. Mr. Fisher. So um, a lot of those that you had, um, I had before you did. But well, I probably didn't have Mr. Wilson. Well, yeah. Wilson, I know the name. Okay. I definitely know of the name, but not was not part of my generation of, okay. of CS education. But just thinking about just the, the small town community and the wonderful part and sometimes the, uh, part is kind of everyone knows everybody and it, if you toot loud enough in this town it's almost front page news sometimes. everybody knows right yep uh, i but, agree with that but in that just thinking about some of the names you said and how many generations of climax folks they taught gary right. fishers dale smith's ellen pierce's yeah and ellen pierce went to school with my aunt so there you know that's kind of one of those things and, and now my grandkids uh two of my granddaughters are at climax really yes which ones? Uh, Riley is in third grade. Okay. I have that right. And Everly is pre-school. So I have those two. And then they have a little sister that was just born. So they have Natalie. And then we have our grandson over at Galesburg. I was about to ask you, what's your grand, what's yep. your grandkid count up to? I got four. And both of my sons married Climax Scott's grads. Yeah? Yeah. And then you had the two boys, right? Josh I, and Jason. Correct. Right? Yep. Go memory. It's still ticking. It's still ticking and you remember them. That's good. All right, and now, and so everybody's local still then? They are, uh, and they keep busy. Josh, at one time, was taking over my reins as the Panther mascot. 
because I would show up at, at ball games with uh, the Panther mascot. And so he's actually been doing some of that. So that's kind of cool for me. And uh, they both coach. Jason coaches Colton and Josh Colt coaches Riley. And so it's, it's really cool that they're still picking up some of those things that mom did um, and that they're doing. Fundraising part, not quite so much, but um, that's okay. But maybe they didn't get the relentless gene. That could be. <laughs> it's, it's tough, you know, because you've got, you've got to be willing to reach out to people. And, and you don't, I remember as a kid watching the Sinclairs and the Stevensons, the Lovelands, the people in our community who set us up as kids to learn how to be givers. You know, and how to make a difference. The church always had the dinners, you know, for anybody that had passed away. Or if there was a fundraiser, Eva Marie and Marge were right in there, right in the thick of it, you know, doing the dinners. And I think that, and I tell Mark that all the time, thank you. And how much I appreciate the fact that they took the time to teach us. And so I think that for me, it's teaching that next generation how to pick up because there's going to be a time where Julie Tiller's not here and somebody has to love my community enough to keep it going. And so for me, your podcast was an answer to prayer because Kevin, we need to tell people what an amazing community we live in and these people that are here and the givers that they are. So thank you for that. Well, I'm happy to do it. Not, and honestly, I can tell you that's genuine because within about 97 seconds of me saying the podcast existed, oh, here I got probably four or five messages from Julie like, oh my God, this is great. But where my motivation came from that, and I touched on this a tiny bit in one of the not quite an episode yet ones when I was quite frankly testing the podcast feeds to make sure they right. would work when the show launched. But the origin of this show, I was sitting down uh, last summer I was home and I was visiting with Bruce and Crystal Rolfe. Um, Jackie Longman was uh, with us. We were all at the table and we were talking about different ways to kind of modernize climax history and climax news and things. And I threw out the idea of, you know, I think it'd be great to do a, you know, like a climax podcast, long form interviews. And I, I even said at that table, how great would it be to do like a long form interview with Ellen Pierce? Well, then just a few months ago, Ellen Pierce passed away and that was my, all right, hammer down, uh, if I'm going to do this, we need to do this right now. And even since this podcast has existed, a week or two ago, we lost Lois Joslin. And there's so many good stories in this town. Like this town, it's fun. It's endearing. It's eccentric. It's colorful. It's it's something that you can't explain to people who have not gone through this life experience. It's, a, it's not one community. It's two communities that make an amazing community. It truly is, you know, because I used to live in Scotts when Ed and I first, you know, when we moved when, when the boys were little. And now here I am on the Climax side of it, and I never looked that I belonged to Scotts or that I belonged to Climax. I lived in Climax Scotts. We joked at my mom and dad's house that my bedroom was on Scotts side, <laughs> and Kevin's bedroom was on the Climax side. And it truly is an amazing community mm -hmm. that... I want the world to know about, you know, and I want people to know what an amazing group of people we have here. And I always thought we should enjoy the people before they passed away. So I think you're right. The time is now because we have lost Alan Pierce because we have lost mom, Jay, you know, those people made a difference to us kids when we were kids 
and now we get to carry their legacy on. You know, we get to help make a difference. When looking at some of the history content that I've been able to kind of unearth from PHS archives, we've got these recordings of like Genevieve Sinclair, Neva Vosberg, and even some other ones I have not shown the cards yet uh, that I found in the audio cassette drawer at PHS. But there's been kind of this middle territory of call it like mid-90s to now where we haven't done as much of the interviewing. Technology has changed and different people have been involved. And it's like, well, let's let's celebrate what already has happened. Let's celebrate what is happening. And hopefully, I think you and I are in the same territory of how do we kind of ignite the spark in the here and now, but also cue up, like, you know, my parents are very involved in Prairie Historical Society. Yep. That won't last forever. We don't want to get morbid, but that it's impossible for that to last Correct. forever. So it's like, okay, well, maybe somebody else needs to start getting their toe in that water. And for you, for the fundraising and everything yep. of, you know, if, if anything profound were to happen, it's like a whole lot of CS-centric activities. We don't want to see that pipeline shut off because so much of that work you do is lifeblood to, I mean, even just last week, was it baseball for the, the quarter auction? <laughs> yeah, that was a quarter auction. First one that Kevin, we did one online. And we raised about $1,200 a year ago. And so Kevin asked if I would be willing to do it again. And I said, well, we're going to do it in person. So that means you got to show up. And and it was great to be able to do that with my brother there and Kim. And uh, they served everybody their meal and took the time to tell people thank you. You know, we, I think we've lost that art of saying thank you for something. And so for me, the quarter auction is just another way to get a group of people together. And it gets funny because we bid. You haven't been to one yet, but let me tell you it. And I wish I could explain it to you in a way that would make you understand it and go, I got to go. But all I'm trying to tell you is go and just experience because it takes five seconds to figure out how to do it. And you're there and you're raising your paddles and you're having fun and you're dropping the quarters. We took in $1,500 in quarters alone last weekend. We raised $3,100 in three hours for the baseball team. And just think of how far that goes for for a small town, small yep. community, smaller school. That that's a lot of that could be equipment, that could be field things it like that. Anything that they want to use for. We got volleyball coming up in May, so May six we'll be doing volleyball. Um, I've heard through the grapevine that the varsity softball coach is going to be contacting me because they went on the calendar for next year. So baseball's already signed up for next year. We have a Make a Wish coming up in. Um, March, and then we are going to do one in April for the Climax Memorial Day to help out with funding because we've got some things added and we can actually announce Sunset Cruisers is coming back and we have the Climax podcast coming. I've right? heard that. I've heard rumor of that. I've heard rumor I'll have to that. ask the executive producer if that's confirmed. Well, I've actually been posting it, so you better not change your <laughs> well, mind. Yeah, but, I made a graphic for it. That's yeah. about as real as it can get. Well, we just figured that if we did a fundraiser for it, that would help with the cost. I mean, we last year, Jim asked me if I wanted a budget. And I looked at him and I said, I don't need a budget. I have a community. I didn't need a budget. All I had to do was make phone calls. And so in no time, we had $4,000. And that's what it cost us. So we've got some work ahead of us. <laughs> and you're signed up now because I, I saw you on my feed there when oh, we yeah. did the Zoom. You were oh, there. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was there. It's a thing. I'll it's be here thing. for, I think I get into town probably Saturday night or Sunday morning and in it to win it for the next several days. Sweet. 
And it's probably as good a place as any to segue into the the revitalization is what I the kind of the word I've used, seeing it from afar because I haven't been able to get home the last several years from Memorial right. Day. But I think I'd like to go back a little bit further of you and I both know and have very fond memories of Memorial Day, Founders Days past. And they seem like they lasted forever. Like yes. a week, I swear. Like we even got to miss school. Yep. You know? I always joke that Founders Day was the only 36-hour day yeah. out of the year. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with you. We, we had, I remember rides. I don't know if you had rides when you were, I don't remember the rides for when you were little. At different points, maybe early on. We actually had, the, for lack of better wording, the carnies come in. Mm-hmm. We actually had a Ferris wheel. We actually had rides. We had games. We had the Barkers, and they were doing the whole, oh yeah, right there behind Uncle Hank's house, in the field behind the Legion. Well, and then the different uh, evolutions, like there was, yep, at, at Hank's house. Yep. And then, uh, now for the uninitiated, Hank Hinton. Correct. Right? Yep, that's <laughs> so, my uncle. So I make sure we're, we're connecting the dots, because you and yep. I can go up and name oh, yeah. 100 people that have lived in the houses. But, yep. But that was uh, Hank across Hinton. across from the high school. Yep. And then we also used to do it at Hickory Heights, yep, back that, when I went to church. And that's most of my memory of it, was okay. uh, Hickory Heights from uh, my childhood years, where that would be... Uh, the Rotary Brats would be kind of the centerpiece in the Hickory Heights area before it moved into the Capitorium for a number of years. Because, yep. well, there wasn't a Capitorium right. for a number of years. Right. And there would be things like, not as many of the rides, but like dunk tanks. I remember mm-hmm. being part of the thing. A lot of uh, things in the realm of ring tosses, bag tosses, kind of like you said, the carnival games Correct. kind of a thing. Yep. But and it a was clown. Always, yep. It was clickety-clack. Uh, now, what... I can sometimes confuse the the competing clowns we had in town yep. because what was your clown Mine identity? Mine was clickety-clack. Okay, and, and so it was Mrs. Bailey. Blair was... Yep, she was Jelly, Jelly Belly. That's yep. right. Yep. Yeah, I've, so. I've met a few uh, clowns in my time in Illinois, mm-hmm. and let me tell you, they, they don't hold a candle. I remember still <laughs> kissing Noel Sinclair on his head, bald head, and leaving big red marks on his forehead. <laughs> And, but that, those are the things that, you know, that you remember, mm-hmm. you know, are those things that you can do. And I remember the ladies at the Scotts United Methodist Church made nachos. And they were a little bit spicy, but we always had nachos yeah. there. And I remember Rotary doing the brats and the hot dogs. And it just, it was a community thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to lose that. Yeah, and it, I think there was a long period of my life where I didn't realize that brats existed outside of from the Rotary on Memorial Day. I yeah. was probably in my 20s the first time I had a brat not served to me by a, a Drollet family member or a Sinclair family member or a, a superintendent, Dr. Balcom, or oh, something, right? somebody like that. Balcom never missed a thing. Dr. Yeah. Balcom was there. Yes. Always there. And just the... You and I have so many different fond memories of Memorial Day. And then for a variety of reasons, Memorial Day just wasn't quite what it used to be. And there, there's a lot of factors there. Even things like, you know, there's the music program has kind of ebbed and flowed over the years. Yep. And the bands maybe get smaller, fewer horses want to be in the parade, or not as many uh, tractors and things. And to me, that's, uh, that's some of the best stuff of the year, if right. not the best stuff of the year for Climax. So where, at what point would you say you kind of had the, the spark of the idea of what we now have come to know as Meet Me in the Middle? A couple of years ago, at when, with the pandemic, they did it uptown because there wasn't going to be anything at the school. They didn't want anything at the school. And so we did it uptown. And Jim had called, and he is the village president, had called and asked if I would come uptown and set the craft show uptown. 
So we went ahead and we set some crafters uptown. And at some point, he jokingly, I'm sure, said, well, maybe you ought to think about just taking this over next year. Well, that's all it took. Them's fighting words. Those are fighting <laughs> words. Yep, this is my hometown, darling. Um, so I took uh, probably about 30-some pages. You're on my, my working page, but you see, mm-hmm. I literally copied every post that was on there and made a Xerox copy, took it up to him a week later and set it on his desk. And he looked at that and he's like, well, you need to have, you know, a budget. I said, there it is right there on that page. Everybody I'm going to call when I get home. And you need to have in this page right here. And he says, what is it you said you do again? I said, well, I'm actually a director with 31 gifts, but my passion is fundraising and climbing Scott's. And so it just took from there and honestly, a lot of prayer and God lining everything up, including the weather, because the weather, other than being hot last year, was absolutely, it was amazing. Just Kevin, I, I sit back and I look at the pictures because so many pictures were posted and I stood in the middle and I could hear the band playing like it did back when you were in school. Mm -hmm. And tears were coming down my eyes, and I'm looking down Main Street, and it didn't matter if I looked south or I looked north. There was such a thickness of people. It wasn't a line of people for the parade like I remember seeing for years. I'm talking a thickness of people everywhere I looked. It didn't matter. And over the railroad tracks, there were cars parked alongside the road. And it was so cool to see generations of families together again and laughing and smiling and talking again and not through masks yeah you know and everybody was having fun and food oh my goodness was there food and strawberry shortcake and everybody getting along and nobody arguing and and it was just absolutely amazing to be a part of and I, I, I wish I could make everybody just see what we saw because it was, it was so cool. Um, and, and the groups got to raise money. And it didn't cost them a dime. Like drama got to sell cotton candy. They sold over $300 worth of cotton candy and didn't have to pay for any of it because it was donated. The kids got to run games and the prizes were donated. The dunk tank was to the baseball team and the softball team and their coaches and some of the basketball coaches got in that dunk tank and let kids throw balls at them and raised over $600. But it was all their money. They didn't because it was all donated. We had a Climax Scott's grad and he's a second generation grad because his mom graduated from Climax. Jeff Wayne ran a, a cornhole tournament. The money went to the football team. The junior class was running. Do you remember um, back when, when it was Founders Day when we had, do you remember that dime game with the colors and mm-hmm. on the squares? Yep. Okay. Well, the Reeds have one. And with inflation, it's a quarter game now. Okay. But they ran that for the junior class. Cindy Bristol was in the old hardware and it's now 1904, sound, 1904 yep. and soundstage and, mm-hmm. and it, it's beautiful inside. But I can still hear Al Hoover talking yep. and Marilyn. I can still hear. Like well, I can smell the pipe tobacco right oh, now. Absolutely. Even you just saying those names. Yeah. And so that was selling ice cream. 
and the church was in there and the and so and the and the vets got to do they asked us if we would do the taps at two o'clock instead of right after because they get tired so we did there we did that for them and it was everybody were it was it was just the coolest thing to watch everybody work together because when we had our first meeting rotary was there pta was there the church was there the village was there the library was there rotary everybody showed up for the meeting and they continued every month getting together and making this thing work now did we have some snafus yeah some things we're going to get fixed for this year but it was the coolest thing because everybody worked together and i cannot wait for you to experience that and to see it well i was genuinely sad that i wasn't able to get back last year because it's when you can see a reasonable amount of things from afar through the magic of facebook and mm-hmm. internet and things it's still not the same as being there and just Dumb luck. I, it didn't wasn't in the cards for the job I was in at the time. Blah, blah, blah. Boring stuff. But seeing the, the photo scroll between official event Facebook pages, uh, the photos that Bruce and Crystal were putting up on, you know, Crescent Facebooks or in the paper the week later, just was very sad I missed that because I quite literally have missed that for years. I mean, here and there I've been able to I've, – I've been out of the area for 21 years right. this March. And I would love to say I get back for Memorial Day every year because I genuinely want to be here. But there were definitely some years where there just wasn't quite as much in in the parade and the involvement. And it 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 was more of a don't want to make this sound even remotely negative, but it's it's not what it once was. And but to know that it's so much work and care and attention was made to not just make it more, but it's let's get it back to where it was and a level up. Yeah. from there oh it's um yeah it, it and it, it's just i don't know we couldn't do the we didn't get a clown we did get a balloon we did get a balloon twister he was there we had the face painting um but some of that is just like bringing back the memories i remember um and this will throw back a name at you we'll see if you remember climax used to have a barbershop mm-hmm. do you remember john kaufman yes there have been a couple different barbershops but i do remember that and the name okay he owns fun services so him and Sabine, we called Sabina, we called them up and they donated four games to start us off. They helped us out with the dunk tank. They normally don't go this far with the dunk tank, but they let us take their dunk tank. In fact, it's already reserved for this year. So we're looking for four coaches that, you know, want to get wet. And uh, so again, there's a tie from a past, you know, from our, our history. But I remember as a kid playing the bumper car game. Where you, mm-hmm. where you push the bumper car, mm-hmm. he still had it. So we brought it. We brought it here, and we, we let the kids play it. And do you remember the lollipop tree that they yes. had the cone mm-hmm. one? Okay, my dad made one so that we would be able to have a lollipop tree. And so it's doing those kind of things that we could bring back to the kids and let them see some of that old-fashioned stuff. Now, this year, we're going to do the ring toss, okay, with the two-liter bottles of pop. You remember mm-hmm. playing that yep. one? All right. So a little bit of a twist. Each of the vendors are going to donate two two-liter bottles of pop. So I don't have to store 200 <laughs> bottles of pop. And I don't have to go ask people for 200 yep. bottles of pop. And so that will be one of our games. And we do things a little bit differently even with the games. We are looking for those groups that want to run one or two games. And they get the money from the tickets. So we sell the tickets, 10 of them for $5. Mm-hmm you get a ticket for every game. And every ticket that your game gets, we give you back the 50 cents. So we don't keep any of it, you get it back. 
even this year we're going to do the volleyball's cakewalk. You remember the cakewalk for mm-hmm. yep. Halloween parties mm-hmm. that we have? Okay. The volleyball team is also doing that, and they're going to do tickets for that, and we're going to make sure that they get the money for theirs. But we also are going to be doing the Panther Shuttle. Do you know what a Panther Shuttle is? Well, I think we talked a bit about that, but I'm not going to steal your thunder for what I remember. Why don't you tell me, Julie? (laughs) (laughs) Carlton Equipment. All right. Now, here goes some more ones that we'll see if you remember. Do you remember the Wurzels? Of course. All right. Steve Wurzel and um, Todd Simmons now run Carlton Equipment. Mm -hmm. My day and age, that was Phil Wurzels. Mm -hmm. Okay. The older gentleman. And... He now does that, and last year he gave us bobcats to run from one end of the town to the other end of the town to be able to transfer people. So we'll be doing Panther shuttles, and we're not sure yet which group. We've heard through the grapevine that the athletic boosters are going to maybe help us out with that, but there'll be tipping involved so that they will raise money for their organization. So the whole point is just to get as many people involved in this as possible so that we can help them all out. I don't want to help out one group. I want to help out as many as possible. Well, and the great part about that, too, is especially as you get to the scale of a small town or small towns, mm-hmm. it's very easy to either you know run the well dry or people get burned out on, oh, my gosh, what's going on this yep. week? And with Memorial Day already being a thing mm-hmm. in Climax, it's already something that so many of the town associated with, okay, we're going to go uptown Hickory Heights, Hinton's house, wherever the locations right. yep. have been, but we're going to need stuff to do. Okay, we're going to play games anyway. We're going to eat food and drink drinks anyhow. Yep. We're going to enjoy treats, and we're still going to do the craft shows and the library book sales and the car shows and some of the, you know, the satellite events in and around. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're adding okay, a car wash every other day nope. or uh, a bake sale or some of those more formulaic, like small town 101 kind of things. Correct. Not that those things are without their merit, but this this raises so much money for so many people, but without feeling like it's a fundraiser for any one Correct. of those things. Because now you've got your PTA now instead of Space Mountain mm-hmm. is running the run to climax. So... You know, we want to make sure that we get them in there. We've got the library is going to do a movie in the park, and they're going to do it on Saturday night. And so we're hoping that the Run to Climax will do the early registration during that. Also, we've got your Climax podcast Mm -hmm. on Sunday. And like I said, we have Sunset Cruisers. We have the American Legion is going to be helping us with the parade. And, you know, we've already gotten our food. We're waiting for one more food vendor to confirm but we do have McNally's uh, Roadrunner food truck. We are supposed to have Moe's if they're still in the barbecue. And then we have our beloved Rotary on the corner. And they're going to be doing their brats and their hot dogs like they've always done. We have elephant ears from Wooden's Concessions. And what was your number of elephant ears last year? You told me, but I forget. 342 elephant ears. Is that insane? That, that's a lot of elephant ears. It is. <laughs> And we had almost 80 vendors last year, and they raised almost $2,400 for the Climax American Legion Veterans Memorial Project. That's great. But what they do is, and we don't charge the vendors, and we don't, and we don't do a contract. It seems like such a waste of paper. Yeah. So I still believe in a handshake and a good faith. And as long as they show up, they have a spot. And what we do is we give them an envelope. They put their donation in it. It's up to them and God on how much they put in that envelope. 
At the end of the day, we take the money out of the envelope, count it up, and all of it gets donated. We don't keep any of it. Well, just speaking to the, the degree of trust, and what, one of my favorite things about the Climax Scots community is even being, well, not removed from it, but not living within it for mm-hmm. 21 years. I mean, heck, I could throw a rock and hit my parents' house from here. Right, yep. Uh, but to me, it's it, if I were to say in Aurora, Illinois, where I currently live, if I told any of my neighbors or any business people around there, hey, I called this lady I haven't personally seen in over 20 years, probably, or if I did in passing at probably Founders Day. Yeah, I called this lady I've maybe seen in passing two, three times over the last 20 some years. Um, yeah, and I totally had her fill out a form for a facility, uh, putting my name on it for responsibility for time. They'd just be like, oh my God, the liability. Who's doing the insurance waivers? Who's doing this yeah. and that? Like, did you do I'm like, no, you don't understand. Here's what it involved. Julie sent me a Facebook message that said, hey, I'm at the school. You want me to do this thing? And I said, oh, that'd be awesome. Thanks. Because I've known this woman since I was probably in the neighborhood of eight to 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, there, there's just a level of trust there. It it's is. like. It's and to me, it's even when I look at things with just being around town. Oh, Kevin, you're okay at public speaking. Well, to me, it was never a big deal because though it's a crowd of people, I'm like, oh, I'm just talking to the Sinclairs and the kids and the Tillers and the Stucks and the Iyers and whoever else I can shamelessly name drop in this little run. Yeah. But it, it none of those things were ever a big deal. It's just you you knew who you were dealing with. You kind of knew anybody's uh, call them party quirks or eccentricities or whatever they were, but instead of shunning them like a lot of different societies were, we just kind of em- embrace everybody, no matter what they bring to the table. Because no we matter all have something to offer. Yeah, and that's and I was grateful. I'm like, though I was lo- able to work it out to get here this week, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get home at the time we first talked about doing the, the Sunday podcast event. Mm-hmm. I kind of came home on a whim <laughs> this week more than anything. I had a meeting get canceled, and I said, hot dog, I'm going to Climax. Uh, but just the, the trust that goes into that, and your trust in me to be like, yeah, I've been to a Kevin event in years, but you know, he's, he's going to do something fun. He's going to do something fun and appropriate, and, and I it'll be good for the community. Voice when I would hear you announce... But I think for me, it was when you posted about the podcast, a love letter to my hometown. <laughs> that got me. Because that's how I feel about my hometown. And we both know so many things that there are characteristics I have or things that I inherently am that I would not be. If I grew up anywhere else on the globe, but this little, call it what, 15-mile-ish <laughs> radius? This little hometown that takes two communities to make one. Yeah. But that's what makes it hard to get people to understand. That you can call up a company like Carlton Equipment and say, I need Bobcats to take people from one end of town to the other. And the guy doesn't even blink an eye and they're there. You know, and when you can call that, I guess for me, that's probably the hardest thing is because, and I don't know if this is or isn't supposed to be on this thing, but we'll say it. We found out that the village can't funnel the money for Memorial Day. So now, instead of them being able to send it to the, you know, village of Climax and sending the money and the donations that way, it's going to be, you'll have to donate to this way. To sure. me, so that we can make this happen again, that's tough, you know, and it, and it was scary the first time sending that out because it's like, 
And the, and it's the same thing like you're trying to talk about your neighbors. If when you say that to your neighbors, they would have no understanding yeah. of that. And um, so that's what we did. We sent out messages. Now I'm not the email type person. I did that last year because everybody said I had to send out the official email. And one person responded. It was Matt Leister <laughs> from Leister's Exteriors, one of our our graduates, and he. He has already was doing it for the run to climax, but he was willing to do it anyway. And I'm like, no, it's okay. We're all in one. We're all together. So you've already done your share. Thank you. But he's the only one that responded to the email. Everybody else was waiting for that phone call of me calling him up and going, yep. hey, Myers Farms. Hi, Don. How you doing? This is Julie. Guess what? <laughs> it's that time of year. And that's what it took. It, was, it took the phone calls because it's family here. Mm-hmm. You know, we may not be related. But it's family, you know. And um, Richard's a Climax grad. I had all their kids as a bus driver. You know, I fed them all their lunches and their breakfasts because when you were talking about it, it was like I would do drive the bus and then quick go in and start their breakfasts and then quick do their lunches and then go back and quick drive the bus and then quick go to a game or do a fundraiser. And that's just what you did. Mm-hmm. Well, and even just this week when I'm – with what little I've been able to be in and around the school – just in the last two days, seeing folks who are more my age group or my generation, like I've seen a good amount of uh, Angie Bowman Gilbert this mm-hmm. week because she helped me out just kind of buttoning up the details with the Sunday podcast right. Memorial Weekend. And then I went to the neon blacklight volleyball with Jackie Longman last right. night. But even when I was at the school, okay, Angie's a, uh, an, an admin for the school now. Yes. I went up to see her, but oh, she's busy refing the tempered steel volleyball game right now. Then she comes and helps me in the office. And then last night I see they've got her refing the, the NA, I think it was an NHS fundraiser, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering right. And then she's refing that. And I'm just like, so my generation is now kind of that we've got the kids. We're the parents who just like, it's in a small town. It's just what you do. It is. It's what you do because you got it's got to be done. And I don't think, you, at least for me, it wasn't something you even thought about. It was just something that you did. Back when we were in school, I played basketball. I played volleyball. I played softball. Never played till I was in ninth grade for basketball and volleyball. But I was in a small school. That's what was expected. My dad, my dad you know, said, this is what you do. Mom and dad were at the games. That's what was expected. And so I don't think it... It's anything you think about, you just do it without thinking. Well, and then you add to that that obviously, you know, there's not not everybody in Climax and Scott's work within Climax and Scott's. A lot of people go to Kalamazoo, Battle Correct. Creek. But if, if they're working within businesses that are either within the Climax Scott's areas or like Carlton Equipment, founded by yep. people from the Climax Scott's area. Yep. I mean, the how many generations of Wurzels? I mean, heck, I had Ryan Wurzel in my own class. Yep. <laughs> from and that Howard Simmons, you know, yep. Todd Simmons and, and Jill. Their dad was part of that, the Wurzels and Simmons that started Carlton. But there, so. with that comes an understanding of, even Jackie shared with me yesterday, there was, I forget it, someday this week, it may have even been today, she had to kind of get out of work early uh, or take a long lunch to come do uh, a pep assembly or something with Winterfest events mm-hmm. this week, go back to work, finish up, oh, quick, come back here because there's the triple header of games that actually is probably starting in the next half hour or so. Yeah. And even that blows my mind. We've got boys JV, girls basketball, and boys varsity basketball all tonight. Not yeah. like That's not a week's worth of athletic events. That's Friday night. It is. <laughs> it's, and yes. it's really changed a lot having basketball and basketball together instead of basketball and volleyball, you know, 
volleyball, football, like it used to be when I was in school. You know, it's it's a totally different, it's a different atmosphere, different different way of doing things. There, you know, and you have to learn to go with that too. Yeah, and that I still can't quite wrap my head around that that boys and girls play basketball at the same time. You and me both, and my and I'll have to get used to it because Riley will play basketball, and if uh, she continues, she'll be playing football. She actually likes playing football, and uh, so she's quite the hard hitter out there. So she's gonna she's gonna tear it out, tear it up out there. Well, you're gonna have no shortage of activities between grandma stuff and I don't even know how many nieces and nephews you have between playing in the school and coaching in the school (laughs) yeah that's that and second general you know I've got great nieces and nephews in school now because Tyler's kids all go to school at Climax and Bo's kids go to school at Climax um not sure what Janae's kids are going to do yet because Janae we'll just wasn't named, was it softball coach? Yes. That Janae's going to be back at CS's yep. softball? But she's been coaching as an assistant for football and for uh, the smaller kids, too, the junior high kids. So, yeah. Again, it's just that the whole family's made ill by the smell of spare time. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't. Now, Ed's a little bit different. That was a little bit difficult for him when we first started because that wasn't his <laughs> cup of tea. And so at the beginning, it was uh, all about you. It's your event, and you take care of it. Now he's, 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 finally bought in and he's my driver and all that kind of stuff so yeah have you written up an invoice yet for the years of labor ed (laughs) (laughs) the gap have you been tallying the gas mile no but he did tell me he is going to take a golf cart and before the whole thing starts i get to go down main street on one side and come all the way back around and make a complete circle and throw out candy to all the kids alongside so that i could see because all I could see was the top of the hill. I couldn't see what was over. And even, now this will date too, my dad uh, did the Masonic Temple, mm-hmm. which is Dave's Bargains. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my dad went to school. And and so that's about as far as I could, you couldn't quite see all that. And he, it was like all the way down. And Dave's is going to be open for it. He, he's, he's open. In fact, that's where we started the craft show when I came back and started doing the craft show. We started the craft show at Dave's. And... Sonny, um, that took over Joe's mm-hmm. for Village Takeout. He had, and he now owns the old Sinclair's building and the old Bowman's uh, barbecue. He owns that now. He has allowed all the vendors to park down there. So we don't fill up town with our cars. And we are, I almost forgot, we're going to do a Civil War reenactment. How's that? <laughs> You'd mentioned that that might be in the cars. It so is still in the cars. Go on. Um, yeah, we just talked to them last week. And so they're going to open up their front yard again for parking for the Ronda Climax. So everybody gets to park there. And they're going to do a Civil War reenactment at the Eldred House. And he is looking for anybody who might have more information than he has to help uh, do some of that. So I did tell him to contact you and uh, your parents. And uh, Now, Eldred gonna... House is in the Chris Ball Nope. Property or the different, okay, farther. the other elder. That's why yeah, I was asking. It's like two down. or three different. Yeah, there's a couple. Homesteads. Yes, there is, but it's the one that is straight down Maple. Yep, I got you. So he, well, that makes sense. That's got the giant. Yes, the open giant, yard there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he he's excited. They're getting to work on that already, and some of the stuff that they're going to do. And uh, we actually have a cousin Doug that actually participates in Civil War reenactment, and he's actually asked if he can join in for the festivities. So he'll be joining us, too. That'll be fun. Yeah. He's related to the Simmons. I think you, your mom and dad have been helping him and his mom. Mm-hmm. Yep. So 
Um, he's related to the Simmonses, and there's a couple other families that he's related to around here, too. So that'll be kind of cool. Well, that's all good. Now, here's an exclusive I'll drop for you, because I'm like, I'm going to work this into the podcast at some okay. point, because you probably don't know any of what I'm about to tell you. Uh-oh. Uh, but, uh, so we're going to do Climax the Podcast live, calling it Climax tonight. Think Tonight Show or Ish. We'll say Ish, because I don't want to get sued by Jimmy Fallon or NBC or anything. <laughs> yeah, there you but, go. Uh, a late night talk show like early evening segment on climax and there's going to be kind of a variety show with musical guests and special guests but one thing i am going to work into that is when i was in high school my cousin suzanne and i wrote the first act of climax the musical okay this actually exists now i can tell you through the filters of 17ish year old kids a lot of that we couldn't probably put on a, <laughs> on a play in front of town but uh the opening number i'll say it was a banger it's an opening number about the town of Climax, and it kind of had cameos of mid-90s people at the time, but we're going to have the first-ever live performance of Farm Town, the opening number to Climax the Musical, at Climax the Podcast Live. This is going to be good. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's right up your alley, because it's it's equal parts ridiculous and funny, but still just endearing. It's a whole lot of, if you were, were in or around Climax in the 1990s or earlier, it's going to hit you right in the feels and tickle your funny bone. Well, then that's what we want. Yeah. And you know, I warned you ahead of time, so I might as well say it. You <laughs> may have to move this to the to the gym. Well, we'll see. It's uh, I don't know if I'm going to try to put on like pre-sale tickets I'm thinking or we might something. have to do pre-sale tickets just to have an idea of how many numbers we got. Because you might be surprised that this whole town just wants to come see what this is all about. Well, I was very pleasantly surprised, and I want to thank you. Know, there's a lot of listeners here and friends. Like, you, you've shared about anything I've let out about Climax the Podcast. Yep. Jackie's helped. I've got other folks, like various uh, members of the Vosberg families. Uh, Nicole, now Marlo, mm-hmm. right? Yep, she's, she's helped. There's a whole lot of the community helping out. But even just going up to the school last night, there was at least five different people I have never met in my life. And they weren't like, okay, you're kids of people I went to school right. with or anything. But as uh, as I was sitting with Jackie and some people, they were just like, hey, uh, oh, but this is, you know, like, basically, oh, okay, who's Baldy over here? Oh, that's Kevin. Like, oh, he does the podcast. I'm just like, oh, they're listening and they're enjoying. Because that's the point. It's like, it's not to hear my own voice. It's to share the stories of people that, you know, it's, I know people can't see it. You probably heard it in her voice. Julie's teared up two or three times already during this. I have a really hard time keeping my choke-ups back. Uh, in the couple of interviews I've done <laughs> being home okay. today, because it really is a genuine just love and affection for the town, because you and I both know things that we have that just wouldn't have happened, even if we grew up in, say, Kalamazoo, just 20 miles that way, but how different would our lives have looked with a graduating class of a 1,000 people as opposed to a graduating, graduating class of mm, 40? <laughs> no, wait a minute. We had 63. Well, you were one of the bigger classes. We were one then. of the bigger classes, yes. And so, yeah, because you do. You start, well, it's like even when, and you hate to say it, but when somebody passes away in Kalamazoo, it's a, okay. Somebody passes away in Climax and Scott's, it hits you. Yeah. Right where in your gut. Because it's somebody you knew, you know? And so, yeah, we have something special. And even just in the last two to three years where I have felt my distance, my geographic distance more than ever, 
I mean, within the last two years, we've lost Julie Cummins and Ellen Pierce and Lois Joslin, and all three of them were significant figures, not just to me, but even generations of my family. I mean, right. I had all three of those as teachers or administrators or uh, or uh, principals and whatnot, and so did my sisters. And even I just talked to my Uncle Bob. He was one of the first classes to ever have Ellen Pierce as a teacher. He had her rookie year, as I joked. And it's just oh, yeah. when you look at the generations that crosses, and it it's something where if I were here, you better believe I'd be at every visitation, funeral service thing I could be at. But that distance is just, that's been one of the hardest parts of being a city boy or a suburban city boy is seeing yeah. those things and those people that you still care so much about and just being able to be there. So this podcast is kind of my way to be as there as I can be with about 200 miles between me well, and my exactly. hometown. And, 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 and also, too, you got to look at the generations of kids that are in school now, some of them. My, my grandkids, my granddaughters, are fourth generations on both sides of their family. So, you know, because, and so it's climax is about bringing home your hometown is bringing your kids back here because of something special that we had when they their parents were here or when their grandparents were here and so you do you just start to you know i i had second generation kids on the bus i i remember laughing at sandy harrison and diane yep. benoit <laughs> and rita rams on those guys because they you know they had the second generation kids until it became me having mm -hmm. the second generation kids on the bus and in the lunchroom and oh my goodness i'm getting old you know and gosh um, sandy there's another one that i would have i mean, i went to k through 12 with her daughter missy and rode sandy's bus like there's just another one that uh, how, how great would it have been to sit down with sandy for oh, however long and stories just... she could have told you and not gotten in trouble for because <laughs> that's what i remember about sandy I remember being in a school board meeting with her and her getting in trouble. But with Sandy, I may have had to exercise a bleep button a little more <laughs> often than I would with others. Actually, if anything, she would have brought out the bleep button in me. Yeah. <laughs> and, or, you know, and then Diane Benoit, you know, and so it's Robin Iyer, you know, and so. Geraldine Holtz. Oh, my goodness. She's still around. She's still driving? No, she's no. not driving, but okay. she's still around. She's still around. But, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's about our community, you know, and Bob Weesey's, you know, I know he's your uncle, but how many generations of kids he, he taught, you know, or Jim Black, how many, you know, and I went to school with his daughter, Lori, mm -hmm. when I was in school. So it's, it's all about, it's all about that, you know, and there's, I remember being a cadet with mom, Jay and Craig and David being little dweeby boys <laughs> and they're not so little boys anymore well my memories of craig are mostly as working next door to where we are now at sinclair's right craig joslin worked at sinclair's for years for years well in my youthful mind it felt like forever in reality it was probably his high school years well mail and roll yep you and know, he's another what two doors that way or that around way. the corner is where Malin lives and but that's you know those those memories and those things that this generation i'm hoping gets to see because of us you know that they get to see those people in our eyes and that when we're where Malin's at now, they're going to say about us, the difference that we made in this community, you know, the things that we taught them, you know, and I think that's, 
that's the key when you when we talked about even about fundraising and when we talk about Memorial Day, we want to start. We want something that we can leave to the next generation. You know, to help them make a difference. You know, we and we talk about this in our fundraisers, but together we can make a difference. It's six little words, and if you think about it, all by themselves they really don't mean a whole lot of anything, right? Yeah. Because there's six little words. But when you put those same six words together with you, with me, with the people helping people, that organization that we started 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago now, um, when you put those same six words together with all those people and you put them together with, with God, they become a force to reckon with. They become a force that continues to make a difference, does amazing things. And truly makes a difference in this world. And we're teaching the next generation how to be kind and to be gentle and to help others without what is what is it you get out of this. You know, in the last week, I have been asked five times, okay, so you do this quarter auction thing. What do you get from it? How much, how much do you get from it? And I look at them, I'm like, really? Yeah. That's your question? Out of everything that, that just happened... You want to know what I make out of it. And then when I tell them, absolutely zilch, they're floored. Because that can't be possible in this day and age. And let me, I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's absolutely possible. Mm-hmm. If we don't do it, Ed and I don't do it for that, for any reason other than to make a difference. And to make the world a better place, a kinder place, a place that, we, that my grandkids can grow up and learn something from that's where it counts and just like your love letter to to climax it's it's truly about this amazing community these two communities together to make one because i don't ever think of scots without climax i don't ever think of climax without scots yeah and it's something that i'm trying to be conscious of with this podcast is it's called Climax of Podcast. I'm like, gosh, am I, I want to make sure I don't feel like I'm slighting Scots. Like for me, I almost just say Climax is shorthand sure. for Climax Scots because Absolutely. the the Swagger family, the uh, the Bristol family and Scooters, the Hansons, like those things are just as much a part of my upbringing and childhood, no matter what zip code they're in. Like to me, it's all part of the, the Climax Scots experience. And the Liar's Bench. Yes. Right smack yep. in the middle of Scots <laughs> by the Swatters. About that I just in 20 years. no because I got this vision vision of Vic sitting out on the porch, right, and he's smoking his pipe, and he's doing his weights. Yep, and the liar's bench. <laughs> yeah. And then Hugh lives there now, doesn't he? Um, I believe it's Hugh that's there, and Martha, right, lives down the road. No, yes, with Bleaker. Tom Bleeker? Mary. Mary. Okay, so Mary lives down the road, and at one time, Anne lived down um, down from the yep. post office. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. And, that's... and Amy lives in town. Yep. I know Amy and Luke live yep. just off of just Amy off the Luke. main drag here. Yep. Just the, so many of those Scots people. I mean, people that were in my class, elementary school age friends, like Josh Johnson, Joan and Marty's kid. Yeah, <laughs> and now they actually have... It's the climbing at Scott's Elementary. So it's, they're all together and they don't have that division. But I honestly don't think I ever think of climbing, the two of them without each other. They, 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 with them together, 
they make a, a force to reckon with. Yeah, and the, I just realized earlier today that my class was the last class to be the separate, because by the time I was in school, CS were merged for elementary, except kindergarten. There was Climax Kindergarten with Patty Pittman yep. and Margaret Postumus and Scott's. Okay. My class was the last ones to have Climax Kindergarten. The year after that, Patty was do they started the Young's Fives program yep, I remember at the that. school, and then they did an AM and a PM kindergarten. So there okay. were two the two separate classes, and I just thought, I was unaware of what a pivotal point in history my kindergarten <laughs> experience yeah. was. But, but that would be, so call it, what, 1985, 1986 to present, 100% yeah, merger. Jason was born in 83, so he started kindergarten in 88. So just when I think of, and even though, you know, Jason was enough younger than me. I mean, I'm eight years older than him based on what right. you just said, but even though we were never necessarily close friends, we certainly weren't in school together. If he walked in the door right now, because we have the common ground of climax, we could just sit down and talk for hours, yep. kill the time, pass the time, reflecting on stories and a genuine, how are you? How's your wife? How's your kids? Like, It's, right. it's just how this is where I've got people that, live across the street from me i don't know their names yeah and here i'm like well even just we've talked about <laughs> the houses i can see from where i'm sitting in your home right now and i know at least two-thirds of the people in any direction i look you do yeah and that's just the the beauty of the climax scott's community absolutely and if you think when you drive if you're going in and you're in kalamazoo and battle creek do you roll down your window and wave at people just a wave not and climax, you might as well just leave your in Scotch, you might as well just leave your windows down because you're gonna be waving yeah. anybody walking, <laughs> you know? And yeah. It's just Mark Sinclair's walking all the time down the road, you know, him and Ann. And yep. so yeah, you get I to, saw him yesterday walking home from Rotary or two days ago now. <laughs> yeah, Rotary is two days ago. And they uh, we gotta get a hold of them. We gotta get a hold of our fire department. Um, I've been asked if the fire if anybody is interested in doing snow cones, they want to get snow cones back at Memorial Day. So uh, we're gonna be reaching out and see who we can find that wants to make some money that way. But now, once upon a time, Vic Swagger was the king of snow cones. I know. That's what I said last year. That's what I remembered was Vic Swagger doing those babies. That was always like a last day of elementary school thing yeah. too. Yeah, the carnival. Yeah, that was always good stuff. Well, Julia, as we probably bring a, a close to our time, any any other parting words of wisdom or things you would like to share with the community or plugs for upcoming Memorial Day? I think for Memorial Day, the biggest question that's always on Facebook, without fail, is what time does the parade start? <laughs> and it's never changed. And it's never changed. So, out there in podcast world, if you're wondering what time the Climax Memorial Day parade starts... It starts at 10 a.m. on May 29th, right? Yep, 20, right. Yep, 2023, and we will be meeting in the middle, and we will literally be meeting in the middle of Climax. There is no address for the middle. It is the middle of town. Yep, walk up town and then stop. Right there. You're there. <laughs> and you're there. And I will tell you that literally in every four corners, there will be stuff hopping and going on. Uh, we are hoping that Steve Wurzel will be able to do a baseball game again with the kids. We will be having the Sunset Cruisers, like I said, joining us at back at the Intermediate, just like they always have. They're back this year, and that one is an answer to prayer. So we're excited to have them back. 
the Climax American Legion will be doing their free hot dogs and chips and pop down there at Thurs after the parade for anybody that wants to join in down there, they can. Rotary will be doing brats and hot dogs and I've heard maybe macaroni and cheese. The pancake breakfast will be going on and they start that, I believe it's at 7.30. We have been, we added, I even forgot to tell you guys, we have added Sweet Eliza's Donuts. They're usually at the St. Joe Fair. And their sisters are at the show that Ed and I are at in Tennessee. So they're going to be joining us to do donuts. And Kelly's going to be hopping in there with some breakfast through Rotary too. So pancake breakfast, uh, bake sale through the church, plants for sale, book sale. Um, the cotton candy again from the drama candy. club. Yep, Run to Climax is still happening this year. Run to Climax is still happening as far as I know. So we're going to be, uh, that should start, I believe that starts at 8 or 8.30. Um, and if you want to make a donation and you don't mind sending it to me, we really would appreciate it because it's going to take us some money. We are trying to get a slide. Do you remember way back when you were little and you'd see that slide where you get on the burlap? Yep, I know okay. it well. We have, we're not sure we're going to be able to pull it off for this year, uh, but Stickley Farms in Colon has access to one. And so we're in the process of trying really hard to get a hold of them and see if we can't put that on Maple. Yeah, and for anybody out there that maybe you, uh, I'm sure there's so many Climax folks who are far and wide and maybe can't get home. If you do have an interest in helping any of the causes or a donation, whether you want to send that to Julie or the link tree that we have in the description of this podcast, there's donation buttons. You can put notes on there. If you wanted, like, you can funnel oh, it through absolutely. me. I'll get it to Julie. I'm going to be here Memorial Day. So if there is anybody out there that wants to help make me in the middle, a little rounder around the middle, uh, then we can certainly make that happen through this podcast. And again, good people from a good town working together. Absolutely. So Julie, thank you for joining me today on Climax the Podcast and for all you do for the CS community. Thanks for helping me make a difference. What a fun conversation and what energy this week in this conversation with Julie Tiller. And once again, Julie, thanks for joining us here on Climax the Podcast, Love Letter to a Small Town. Now to wrap this week up, this episode's already a little long. I've received some questions, but the rumors are true. I am, in fact, attempting to acquire Crescent Publishing Incorporated, a.k.a. the Climax Crescent. Now, I've already heard from some people that really want to help with that, and I'll tell you, I'm very willing to receive the help, but I've got to get a few more ducks in a row, and this podcast is already long enough. I'm not going to put it all in here, but just know, yes, the rumors are true. I am attempting to acquire the Climax Crescent, but there's going to be more in time. If you want to know any more specifics for what I can share right now, email me at climaxthepodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on Facebook. And with that, as always, we ask that you like, follow, subscribe, share, review, anything you can do that helps say positive things and share the good word of Climax the Podcast. The more you do that, the more eyes we get on our feeds and the more ears we get on this podcast. As always, thanks for everything you do, listening, supporting, sharing, and spreading the good word of Climax the Podcast. Love letter to a small town. We'll be back with another new episode next week.